0: Welcome to this episode of Can Marketing Save the Planet? We're delighted to be joined by Phil Corbell, co-founder and director of advocacy for the Carbon Literacy Project. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. So, Phil, I am carbon literate. I am carbon literate, but I want, and I'm certified as carbon literate, but I want you to tell us all and our listeners a little bit about the Carbon Literacy Trust, how it came to how it came about, and indeed, what being carbon literate
1: means.
2: Carbon literacy and its large-scale rollout is about creating a large-scale cultural shift so that everyone, and I mean everyone, has a meaningful carbon instinct. They have this instinctive rule of thumb about what a meaningful impactful climate action is, and much more to the point, they're motivated to do it. Yep. So it's this idea that this becomes embedded in our everyday thinking and doing, in the same way as don't cross the road in front of speeding traffic. What's the difference between a 50p piece and a 50-pound note? You know, it's really sort of duh (laughs) level. It's got to become that, that basic to everyone's thinking. The climate crisis impacts on everyone, and everyone has a role to play in resolving it. And this is the bit that glues that together. Now, we do that by enabling employers, educators, and communities to use our unique framework for a day's worth of learning and doing that's generally delivered by your colleagues, your peers, your neighbours. Um, and we've developed this framework that anyone can adapt their own training programmes to. And it, it, it basically, it works. It gets people on board and gets them moving. I think so much now we've got to a stage that the vast majority of people realise that the climate crisis is ongoing going to get worse if we do nothing and the question people want answering is what can we do about it and this absolutely gets you there alongside people like you there's a meme i wish i could remember where it came from but uh, someone said we don't act on climate because it's not me it's not us it's not here it's not now now you knock down all those things and you go oh light bulb moment got to do something and you hand over the right things to do so that's effectively what we do um as this sort of small charity up in manchester
1: so i've been reading that you know as with all of the, the the noise around green jobs that actually understanding your carbon footprint uh, carbon literacy it's becoming almost the fourth fourth core skill that people need to have which you know when you think about it it makes absolute sense alongside relationship building communication Um, you know stakeholder management carbon literacy absolutely it it makes sense that we need to understand because everything we do has a carbon footprint attached to it hasn't it so in terms of you know the practicalities of how you work with organizations and how people can access this and and get involved how, how does that work with the carbon literacy project?
2: We do everything but actually train. So we introduce people to the concept and its benefits. Then we support organizations generally to design their own training based on our framework. We support that process then, and then we accredit that course as a carbon literacy course. The organization typically trains its own. And then a modest amount of evidence comes back from that training, comes back to us, and we accredit learners. So it's that external verification thing that we bring to it that adds value to it. Um, And we can also accredit organizations should they want the the email signature piece on that. That's one route. The other route that's increasingly happening are sector-wide approaches that we started off with the public sector, big chunks of the public sector, and now um, we're working with parts of the private sector. And there, Organizations within the relevant sectors can get a pre accredited training toolkit that they can adapt to their own organizational specialism. And it's pretty much off the shelf. It's a huge, great slide deck and a very detailed trainer manual so that someone with a bit of climate now and a bit of training experience can pick that up and deliver with a high degree of confidence. So the thing can spread much more, much more fast.
0: I mean, I, I, um remember i you introduced me to christos at auto trader and i interviewed christos about what they were doing on their journey with sustainability and it was christos that that you know shared with me that actually this wasn't a top down initiative that that they very much had got onto this track this sustainable you know focus within their strate- strategy now because two of their employees independently went on carbon literacy training with the Carbon Literacy Project and through the Carbon Literacy Trust, and then was so ignited by what it was that they'd done. Because, I mean, it's a very practical course, isn't it? You're not just learning stuff. You actually have to then apply it to your own way of um, how you're going to impact, you know, this through your own personal uh, development in the organization that you can impact or, or the community that you serve whether that's in your environment or or within the organisation. And, and that really led to some incredible transition within AutoTrader. Can you tell us a little bit about that impact? And I'm sure this isn't the only case, but it's a really great case study.
2: So AutoTrader are a FTSE 100. People mistake them as a car seller. and um, They're actually a phenomenally successful digital marketplace. Um, and... They have an exceptional workplace culture um, because it's the right thing to do. It's also the the best way. How are you going to attract and retain the best talent, especially the best young talent in that field? Um, So it's a bit of a win-win there. And they were doing amazing work on diversity and inclusion. And it was part of that, and the flattening out of the work hierarchy, uh, staff voice, and the like. And it was part of that process that brought this in, and this now sits as part of their offer to their people uh, uh, as a purposeful employer. You can do this at work. They're also, of course, going back to the automotive side of it. They're also a sector in transition. Mm. You know the old idea. Oh yeah, we you know we've got loads and loads of loads and loads of petrol heads. Um, No, <laughs> that's that's you know that's on the down curve, and and all the low carbon options are, are on the up. So how do you play your meaningful role in that transition? But you join Auto Trader, and you get your standard inductions, GDPR, uh, all the DNI stuff, and carbon literacy is just there in induction. So it's a brilliant example of just mainstreaming this and exactly what you were both referring to. This is just uh, part of a mainstream workplace competence.
1: Yep. Well, it's there to help you make more informed and better choices, which we all need to start doing. We don't, it's, you know, it's all very well telling us that we must all stop eating meat or we must all stop flying. They're They're not the reality. That's not how the world works. But making informed choices, and we've spent the last 50, 60 years not making informed choices and we are in the situation we are in now you mentioned that you know it's part of inductions i know cim is is looking to work with michelle on how we make that part now of cim's induction process and we're going to run carbon literacy through cim as a business moving forward which is 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 music to my ears it's fantastic what are some of the key challenges that you found that are generally coming up and i guess a question around the term carbon
2: literacy, do you think that scares people off? OK, uh, challenges and terminology. We, we fought long and hard about the name, as you can imagine. We, this was created by an amazing stakeholder group of employers and educators and campaigners. And uh, we landed on this phrase. It was an originator phrase, as it were. Um, and then we started unpicking it. Oh, it's far too schoolish. It's, um, it, it's just about reading stuff. It's not about doing But actually, the thing that's brought us back to the, fray, to the term literacy is core competence. Who would want to be illiterate? So it, it, that's where we land. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to call your carbon literacy course a carbon literacy course. It, that's our name. That's what's on the certificate. Use a name that appeals to learners. Yeah, which brings me back to barriers. Barrier number one, I call the, the carbon literacy catch twenty-two. You don't get the importance of carbon literacy and generally until you're carbon literate. Yeah. Um so uh getting over that one, uh, generally needs someone to go and, and and do the course and go and get that wow factor. It does deliver a wow factor, and come back to colleagues and say, No, 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 this is this, this it's not just the subject, it's a means of of actually delivering on, on the issue as well, um, particularly the big wigs. This is great. You know, we, we get one of our in-house, um, you know, shop for advocates saying, "Now I'm trying to get the boss to, to do it. And they're going, have you seen my diary? Do you know how important I am? They don't actually say that, but they imply it. And, uh, uh, we, um, and then they do it and they're bowled over. Oh, no, I, I thought this was a day away from the job. No, it is uh, the job. I get that now. Um, Let's get on. So, yeah, there is a perception that a day is a day's worth of training is a big investment. You betcha. Course, this is huge. It's transformational. You, uh, you know, at any level, this is going to change the way you work and live. Um, And a day's worth of very impactful, practical, relevant, action-based training. It's not actually a big investment. By the way, it's a day's worth. It can be chunked and some of it can be on e-learning, et cetera, et cetera. So don't, you know, the BBC, uh, as early adopters, did lock people in a room for a day. Um, And we've got a lovely video where one of the younger learners goes, uh, by lunchtime, you feel like a terrible human being. (laughs) And then you spend the rest of the day finding out what to do about it, which yeah. a- absolutely describes the, 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 the learning process. It's classic, get you th- through a comfort zone into a, what's frankly a bit of a grim place, that penny drop moment where you realize the, uh, the bad stuff that's coming down the hill if we do nothing, and then channeling that into action makes it highly effective training. And that's
1: the beauty of it, isn't it? It's, it's let's you know, understand the the complexity and the severity of where we are because we can't, you know, willful ignorance, we've been doing that for too long. But then coming out the other side going, God, I can change this. I personally can change this in my my day-to-day living. I can change this within my role and my organisation can change this with what they do. And I think we have to speak more about how we got ourselves here, we can get ourselves out of here. Yeah. And I think that leads
0: us into the role of marketing, because Gemma and I uh, come from this positioning that marketing has played a huge part of the problem in driving overconsumption, uh, driving certain behaviors. And indeed, uh, our manifesto as marketers has been more, 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 grow, 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 have more, do more, get more. And so, Phil, marketing, you know, know our position on marketing is that we feel we're well-placed to make some significant shifts in this area. Where do you see, from the carbon literacy piece, marketing playing a role here?
2: Nothing short of essential. Um, I'm reading the brilliant book uh, by Catherine Hayhoe, the American climate scientist, Saving Earth. Um, And she's talking about the hearts and minds thing. Um, uh, That's where marketing sits, isn't it? Yes. Um, Marketing, if it doesn't change behaviours, what's that? It's not marketing, is it? Or is it... (laughs) It's not going it's not going to fly as a, as, a, as a service um, it's absolutely essential, and I love the stuff from purpose disruptors at the event uh, this at the summit the other week uh, their stat about advertising adding was it twenty three percent to our total carbon footprint so um, on the on the plus side, yes, every bit of the art to change And connect. And that was the other thing Purpose Disruptors really brought home in their their documentary. What do people want? They want connection. They do. And we can deliver that. And there's so much to be said about getting the climate message across. So many of our enemies, um, the fossil fuel trolls and and their paymasters, would have us believe that acting on climate is somehow about having less It's quite the opposite. It's about having more. It's about having more connection with people, less obsession with useless stuff we can't afford, and actually looking at things of tangible value, that sense of of personal connection to the people, communities, and, and things around us that actually make us happy. And this comes back to the core purpose of marketing. Now, yeah, you might be selling some stuff that delivers that. Cool, but let, let's, let's dump the trash that's trashing the planet and actually get into using the best of marketing to do something purposeful with this amazing skill, the, the, the art, as it were, of persuasion. Um, so it, it's, it's nothing short of essential, which is why getting the Chartered Institute on board and embedding this in the way that's envisaged into the professional development of the sector and as a world first as well yeah so this would be britain leading um
1: Absolutely. it's exciting times isn't it it's,
2: it's and doable and and so you know so our, that's the big stuff but also about you, you're in marketing dare i say there might be marketing folk that are a little bit ashamed about what they're flogging you know maybe who knows almost by definition um this can turn it around. Let's make this positive. Know. We, uh, um, by and large, will work with um, industries that have a polluting impact, um, some even a bit controversial. Um, I was very glad we said we, we a polite no to Gazprom before the invasion. Um, but by, you know, if we didn't work with polluters, um, you know, we wouldn't be fulfilling our brief of reducing the pollution. Um, And again, to maximize the internal pressure as well as the market pressure on those organizations to slash their footprints in a way that aligns with the science, that aligns with the go fast, go now, uh, go big uh, impetus from science. Um, We have to have that on board.
1: Absolutely. And Michelle and I, we were, we were talking about this only recently following the CIM Sustainability Summit, which was, you know, the point was made that it was by James George, wasn't it? Um, who said, everyone in this room, about 200 people in this room can go and do a litter pick on a beach every single day for the rest of your lives. And you won't make as big an impact as the one of one of the big polluters making a change, one decision within an organization. So, you know, I think. The people that work for the big polluters, they're not bad people and we need to stop, you know, saying that they're bad people for working. They, they probably want to drive change as much as us. So by going in there and educating and making them aware and, and, and giving them the tools to think differently about things, they unfortunately will make more impact than all of us put together in some cases. So we have to go in essentially from the core and work our way out, don't we?
2: So, um we've been working with a huge civil engineering project with a humongous and controversial footprint. Um, And um, like we would ask most organizations to do, you start at the top. Um, And their entire C-suite put themselves through two half days of carbon literacy training. And at the end of every carbon literacy uh, training course, we asked learners to devise the most impactful things they could do. Yeah. And the chief executive of this organization, as his action, said to his C-suite, okay, team, we are bringing our net zero date forward by five years. Brilliant. And the tonnage of this project is eye-watering. Um, and to bring that forward. Now, that's at the big end. At the small end, one of our earliest trainees uh, was a security guard at a, at a next store up, up this way. Uh, his action was to snip up the, pl- the long plastic tubes they get the clothes delivered in and, and turn them into bin bags. So he's, he's not, you know. Uh, now, in terms of carbon footprint, not a lot. In terms of a statement on the shop floor, we are doing this, it's my idea. here had a, a real sense of ownership of this thing. Brilliant. And that's how it lands.
1: And we talk about marketing and the role of marketing plays at you know that high level. And then you've got the individuals that go the, the word of mouth here is absolutely critical. So people go through carbon literacy training, they, they understand things like never before. Even if, like I do constantly with my family, start picking them out on stuff, if they then make changes, that, that's so valuable. And it's there's the strength of
2: walking the walk. And there's something amazing. The, the popularity of carbon literacy training that we pick up time and time again comes back to this, I've got this thing that's niggling at me. I can't do anything about it. And then work comes along and says, uh, hang on, we can offer you this training that will give you the best things to do and give you permission and time to do it. You go, yeah. Um, we're working with the department for transport, and they opened up 240 training places in the run-up to the COP climate conference last year. Um, They opened it up on their internal social media, 240 places, booked in six hours flat. Um, They couldn't believe it. There was no big fanfare, no mandate. It was all voluntary. 240 places flew out the the door, and they now call us the Glastonbury of internal training, which I quite like.
0: I mean, that's the beauty. There's real appetite, isn't there, for people to to want to get involved. People want to make that difference. And as you said, right at the beginning, Phil, it's often, what do we do? How do we do it? And I think that's the beauty of of the carbon literacy framework is that it, it kind of broadens your thinking, stretches that thinking, which is what Gemma and I say, you know, marketers really need to be stretching that awareness of the landscape they operate in. And it really reaffirms this interconnectedness that we're all in this together and that it is that kind of butterfly effect that, you know, we can do this tiny thing over here and it can lead to some significant things, or we can be doing significant things. And like you said, you know, it can be having an impact, but you need to have that education and you need to really feel that you can have that impact. and, And that comes back to your catch 22. So what can businesses practically do to get involved with carbon literacy? If they're not part of the the, the organizations that you're working with at the moment, how do they get started? What do they do? Uh,
2: first put a call, uh, carbonliteracy.com, our website. Got a huge amount of information, hopefully not too confusing. Uh, then contact us. Um, and a lot of what we do, so there are a, a, a smidge under 30 of us in the team, but we've got hundreds of organizations actually delivering and they're really happy to talk about what they're doing. So uh, we're talking to a, a very well-known holiday booking and travel booking uh, organisation. Uh, we 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 haven't actually involved that sector yet, but we're getting them talking to Auto Trader because they're another digital marketplace. So Auto Trader, oh no no, come and look at what we're doing, etc. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera, making those connections. So often someone new to carbon literacy, we can connect them to someone who relevant to them who are already doing it. Then we support the course design, et cetera, et cetera. But carbonliteracy.com um, and then info at carbonliteracy.com is, is the best email. Um, it should be straightforward. Famous last words. Yeah. Um, we need to get to a stage where action on climate is not the exception you know, it, it, the the caftans are left at the door, open-toed sandals, etc. All, all, all the cultural baggage that marginalizes climate action um, is left at the door. And that we need to get to the stage where um, climate-damaging behavior within any organizational community is just seen for what it is, which is downright despicable and and stupid with it. You know, uh, this is so, who would um, lessen the stability of our climate? Who in any field wants more disruptive extreme weather that damages people and, and, and our, you know, the things we love? You know, w- turning things around to make this simply part of our day-to-day actions and value judgments is what we have to do and do fast. And also make something, climate action that's, that's done with people, not to people. Yeah. There's a real danger in the broader cultural shift and polit- politics of this is that this is seen as an imposition. And actually, no, we, we, it's something which we can all join with and get on board with. And I, th- I think that, that one of the lessons we can take away from the pandemic is how communities can mobilize to support yeah. each other in the face of a crisis. Yeah. And I think we can, we can draw uh, lessons from that. Uh, we need the resources. We can't be naive about the cost of action, but then the value of action is the other thing that carbon literacy brings you towards.
1: It's the long term value as well, isn't it? Of You know, let's move away from the short termism where we're just trying to fix the problems because ultimately our, our short term solutions just keep that long term complexity and challenge going. And I think it's almost like carbon literacy, you know, that's a fabulous way for businesses to share best practice. If you can share best practice on carbon literacy, you know, at an individual level, at a, at a you know, a functional level, it works on, on everything. because it's just a core skill that you need to have, it's just something you need to understand in its most simple terms. And then it grows out from there, doesn't it?
2: It does. And, and, and it's also quite permissive in terms of saying, OK, you're in this post. You've got this training and skill set, apply that to this in the best way possible. Yeah. We've got a finance director saying, no, I've changed my procurement framework to add value to climate action or have a longer payback window. You know, so you get into accountancy speak and, you know, <laughs> strange areas like that where you apply this yeah. to shift things along. Um, and you can, and you can absolutely land this commercially. I think this—the the sense of this being just a business mainstream—and and I think business leaders have to catch up with this. That you'll get measured on your due diligence and your 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 straightforward accounts and your footprint. If you're in a supply chain to any large organization. If they're not already, your clients are going to go, what are your scope three emissions? And if you're left going, "Uh," oh, if you don't understand what a science-based target is, and what that, you know, you're not in the game. Quite aside from the the massive ethics behind this, you're just not, you're not competent if you don't get this anymore. In 2022, you, you know, it's like going, What are computers? You know, it's it's really that far off beam Mm. now. So I I think business leadership, if they're not on board, have a really huge task of catching up about this just being part of succeeding and thriving in business and doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. Are you? Do you think, Phil? And this is maybe a tricky question to answer, but but a little bit like. You know there is that element if you of of business. It was almost like in the digital transformation. You know if you're not there now, then you're kind of you know we're just going to focus on the people that get this because we need to mobilise and and really really just keep things moving forwards. Is there a risk that there are these businesses that just still are so ignorant to to carbon and it's going to be enforcement and it's going to be Regulation that kind of enforces them to do things, or, or are you feeling and seeing? Because I know you've you've taken on a lot of, you've grown quite quickly over the the last couple of years, particularly. um There's been that kind of hockey stick trajectory of growth um and impact. Is that because you're seeing this shift from businesses to want to do more, or do you still feel there's a lot to do in tackling the skeptics?
2: Um. There's uh, a very damaging uh, political dialogue coming from. Um, they, they disguise themselves as net zero watch now. It's nothing of the sort. It's straight up climate denialism, denialism um, uh, about uh, the cost, um, the, the disruption. Uh, you know, the uh, the false aligning this to the cost of living crisis. Um, it that is a plainly a minority view and is being outflanked by the likes of Larry Fink in the the head of BlackRock, whatever you think about BlackRock, the fact that he's shifting those goalposts and being so strong on on the climate imperative in business performance. It's a wake up and smell the coffee moment for anyone in business. There will be businesses that will simply fail if they're not keeping up with this because they won't Get the work, mm. their publics, their clients, their staff, their their punters will go. No, not having it. Poll after poll is in terms of public mm. attitudes is showing that the this is the, the demand for action is getting more and more. But um, in the times that we are facing, around uh, particularly a cost of living crisis and the, the 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 whiff of conflict on our doorstep. Um, drives people away from anything like a short term outlook, and it does uh, i can 't remember who said this, but in the extreme times we get extremes um, so there are dangers that the climate crisis will get pushed aside, mm. and I think it's it is beholding on us as the carbon literate to land this and connect this comes back to marketing. what is marketing without connection? Mm. It's all about making the connection to the audience, and using that to, to land the imperative of climate action in all areas with as broad to, to broaden the audience uh, is absolutely essential. I remember talking at the local government association conference pre-lockdown and a conservative councillor. Uh, came up to me and said, I've I've got lead responsibility for this. How do I get this message across to to my voters uh, um, as a Conservative? And I said, it's about stopping rapid change, the rapid change that will come. I think it was from Suffolk, so coastal area. You don't want greater impacts of extreme weather in Suffolk. This is about stability and continuity so this is framing it around conservative values and of course the big shift now that's happening is um i think it was a european commissioner said uh, uh, fight back against putin have less showers he was he was making the point about energy conservation personal energy conservation moves actually being something about energy security and Mm -hmm. doing the right thing against Putin. So framing is everything. Connection is everything, and that's surely at the heart of marketing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we like to ask all our guests the same quickfire questions to wrap up the show. So, Phil, yeah. number one, can marketing save the planet?
2: It can, and it has to.
1: Great. And what do you hope
0: business looks like, Phil, in ten years' time?
2: In ten years' time. Uh, all business will be carbon neutral net zero and if they're not cutting their own emissions if they're going into the area of offsets uh, that these are meaningful and impactful
1: and our final question is if you were to give one piece of advice to others around getting started with carbon literacy what would it be
2: It's another catch-22. Get carbon literate, really. Send uh, If you can't yourself go on a carbon literacy course and there are open ones available, um, get a colleague to go. Go try it. Find out how it works. It it speaks for itself.
0: And I can vouch for that. It most certainly does. So... um, brilliant to have you on the show, Phil. Thank you for your time. And we will put all the links in the podcast so you can find out more about the Carbon Literacy Project, the Carbon Literacy Trust. And I most certainly urge you to um, to get Carbon Literate because it really is a game changer.